subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. 3% of kids under the age 18 don't have a physical bed to sleep in. And Matt's Matt's Family Alliance raises money, and for about $165, they can cure that cause for one kid. And when they raise money, that money stays in that community. So if you donate to their cause and you want beds to go in Clarksville, Arkansas, your hometown, or Little Rock, that's where the beds go. And uh, it's amazing to think that you think, well, 3% is not a big number. Well, do the math. How many kids are there under the age 18? It's a pretty big number when you get to it at the end of the day, kids that don't have a bed to sleep in. Well, it's a great cause. I'm glad you guys are there. And um, glad there are people that get involved in things like this because we yeah. need more of them. Uh, they got their uh, tea time going off at 8 a.m. this morning. There's still plenty of ways to donate, whether you're here in person or Ben Garen. You can also contact Matt as well. Yeah, they may get a little playing? delayed. You guys We're know. not. I got to catch cold, a flight. Man. It's going to be a cold morning. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get off at 8. I think Paul, the uh, the golf professional, is saying it's probably going to be after 9 because of the frost this morning. They got Bermuda oh. greens. And, I mean, so there won't be uh, – probably won't be an 8, which I don't think will break anyone's heart <laughs> to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. No, I played I on Monday. now when it's really cold. Yeah. <laughs> Can we please go before the frost melts off? Well, the, the last time I played here with Chuck, I lost my uh, I lost my Ray-Bans and I lost to Chuck. I, I remember was, uh, that. I remember yeah. that. You, were, uh, you lost your Ray-Bans early in the round and it just ruined your day threw me off and then i started talking yeah. shop with chuck and it ruined yeah. his round as it well ruined his day <laughs> <laughs> ruined his round as well, well speaking of talking chuck you caught up with uh, sean kelly who's the uh play-by-play guy for the florida gators he's done a lot of national stuff as well tommy one time he was doing play-by-play and he was a firefighter too i don't know if you've listened to the latest episode yet but uh it was really good conversation one of the things you guys touched on is is what me and Tommy were kind of talking about yesterday, how important this matchup is for Florida. Here's kind of what Sean was talking about. If you're listening to, to Vegas, you know, this would be the only game left that Florida is going to be favored in. You know, I think it's six and a half this weekend at home. Home's been very good to the Gators, and then you've got those three teams, you know, that lie ahead. So you would have to look at this and say it's not a must win, but if you want to become bowl eligible and then the scenario would be that could you steal one, you know, either at Missouri on the road, home against Florida State, or somehow on a Saturday night in Death Valley and Baton Rouge, that's kind of what Gator fans are, are, are looking at. So this weekend, like Sean said, they're favored, but then they go to LSU, they go to Missouri, and they host Florida State. They're not going to be favored in any of those games. So, guys, if Florida doesn't beat Arkansas this weekend, there's no guarantee they're going to make a bowl game. And they went six and six last year, lost in a bowl to Oregon State. But I don't that's not gonna sit well with Gator fans and Billy Napier. So we've talked about the pressure on Arkansas. There's pressure on Florida in this game too. Well, we're to November now. And if you've got something to play for, whether it's a bowl game or a playoff berth or or your job, um, what happens in the month of November goes a long way toward determining that. Really it's 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 the month in college football. So, yeah, I'm sure Florida feels that way. 
Um, I also am sure Florida feels like they've got a chance to win those games too and put together a good season. And, um, you know, we all tend to look at, you know, what if they, you know, they, they, they can't get through that. Um, but it is a daunting task. I mean, that's a tough schedule when you get past this weekend for them. And this will be tougher than they think. But um, they've got a tough November schedule. There's no doubt about that. Whoever thought you, you you coined it yesterday, murderers row for Florida after Arkansas. And I, I don't disagree with that, but whoever thought Missouri would be included in a, in a description of murderers row on a schedule. Uh, but, boy, they're right in the heart of it. I'm going to be anxious to see how Missouri does against Georgia. Um, yeah. You know, not just, you know, how they do in the game in terms of winning and losing, but how do they come out of that game physically? You know, Florida's beaten up a little bit. I think they've got a linebacker, from what I understand, that may not play. So, um, I think they're, you know, when you play a team like Georgia, you get smacked around pretty good. So it'll be, you know, it'll be critical for them to come out of that okay. Speaking of playing or not playing, what do you think about Rocket? I mean, Coach addressed that yesterday, and he, he certainly wasn't uh, committed. What do you think? Is uh, We see Rocket return to the launching pad this weekend? I it, it, it sounds like he's going to play. And I've thought all along, just to be honest, I've thought all along this would be the game that he'd come back because it's in his home state. And um, I think he'll play Saturday. Now, how much, I don't know. And I, I admit I'm a little premature when I say that because – you know, there, there's the, there's today to get through. You know, there yeah. was yesterday, and there's today to get through. And you know, the issue with Rocket, some apparently, has been what happens after he plays or practices, and you know what's, you know what's the swelling like. And I don't know the answer to that, but it sounds like they would like him to play, and it sounds like he's he's right there. Yeah. When fans say, because I've had several comment to me, and we've had calls and texts about this, well, you know, with Dan Enos gone, now he's ready to come back. I don't know that the, the, the two things have anything to do with each other. I know what the perception is, but I don't know that the return right now is because Dan Enos is no longer the OC. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, think, that's, I, I, I don't think that's the reason. Um, here's the thing. I mean, Rocket, if he plans on playing professionally, and I know he does. I'm sure he does. Um, you've got to perform. I mean, you got to go out there and perform. You got to play. Yeah, got to put a and resume together. They want to know if you're going to play hurt. That's one of the things they want to know. Mm-hmm. Because you look at the NFL. I mean, the shelf life, particularly at that position, and you know, virtually every play in the NFL. I mean, it can end at that very moment. And so. Um, but there's also a good possibility you're going to be banged up a good bit. And so you don't want to play when you're injured, but sometimes you do have to play when you're hurt. Yeah, and you mentioned the proximity. Rockledge is only two and a half hours from Gainesville, so there will be, I guess, a lot of families and friends that haven't got to see him necessarily in Fayetteville that would get a chance to see him this Saturday. And, uh, Chuck, I didn't get a chance to listen to the entire conversation you and Coach had last night, but I did hear what he said about the possibility of Rocket playing. Here's what he said in his press conference. Probably, to be perfectly honest with you, just another couple of days of consistency. Flashes that I've seen, I, I feel really good about him being able to play. But just another couple of days of consistency. Uh, obviously, today's a big third down day for us. How, how's he going to be able to protect and things of that nature? Just the whole week of what the whole Monday through Thursday encompasses. But the first two days, I, I feel confident that uh, he'll be able to go out there and help us. 
Is that basically what he said last night? Paraphrasing, essentially, pretty, yeah, pretty essentially, same thing. Yeah, okay. I, I think they're waiting to see how every, you know, how the response is physically as we get to the end of the week. And mm-hmm. look, when a when a guy has been out, um, you know, when he talks about consistency, there, that's important. You know, the idea that any player just steps right back in and picks up right where he left off, um, it doesn't generally work like that. So. I think that consistency part not only has to do with the physical bounce back, but performance as well. Yeah, and if you look at Florida's defense right now, so they have some decent stats when you look at their total defense against like the whole season, but in conference play, those numbers are significantly worse. Like They're giving up 163 rushing yards a game in, in conference, 29 points per game, which is, is 83rd in the league. So there, there's a major difference in this football team when they play subpar competition relative to SEC competition. Well, they, they, they've got two games that, that really um, shot their numbers up, the Georgia game and the South Carolina game. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. They gave up 43 to Georgia, and they got a shootout with South Carolina, and they won the game. Um, you know, Going back to Rocket, though, one, one point about Rocket, and, and I think this is, this is important, and Pima kind of talked about this last night, is, and, and, and maybe yesterday too, is you know, uh, how are you on third down? You know, uh, how are you when you pick up the blitz? Um, mm-hmm. There are all kinds of things. You know, we focus on the running game. And he talked yesterday and again last night about getting the ball to the running backs maybe a hair quicker. You know, that uh, uh, maybe they were a little slow getting the ball to the running backs. We tend to focus on the ball carrying when we think about a player like Rocket, and that's understandable. But as we've seen over and over and over again this year, um, blocking with the running backs is crucial to protecting that quarterback in passing situations. And, um, you know, can he do that? Can the others do that? The one that can is probably going to play the most. Yeah, yeah. You, were, you and I were talking. So Tom Murphy asked Sam Pittman about the pass blocking schemes yesterday, and he yep. did not really elaborate <laughs> on that. He's that's just an like, understatement. He's just like, I don't <laughs> want to answer. Uh, that's, that's his choice. That's his decision. Do we have I that just, audio? No. No, well, I mean, I, I thought that was the most compelling 30, 45 seconds of his of his midday media session when Tom asked a great question, and Coach says a great question, but you talk about deliberate pause and really thinking out your answer at the podium. Coach did, and he just said, you know what, I don't, I don't even want to answer I that. I just don't. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and, uh, and it was about communication on the blocking schemes, and, I mean, you could get into some real technical stuff, and no one would understand it. A coach could do that, but... Boy, he didn't want to go there, and it, it led me to believe, Chuck, it's right at the, the root of the matter with this offense. Well, you know, it also makes me wonder, too. I mean, you know, we've spent the last week talking about spying and stealing, stealing signs and all this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the paranoia among coaches has been ramped up oh, yeah. on what they say, uh, what they do, um, and, and look. Let's just be honest. We talked about this a week ago Monday, and it's the truth. When a coach is embattled and he's fighting to keep his head above water, the thing he always needs to remember is that anything he says can and will be used against him. (laughs) And it's just the truth, and I hate that it's that way, but it is the truth. And, you know, they've closed practices this week. He said said it over and over again. He said it right at the end of the show last night. He said... um, we got to quit worrying about who we're playing. And, um, you know, they've been worrying about Arkansas this week. So I'm not surprised he clammed up. I'm not surprised at all. It's noticeable 
because he seldom does it. Yeah, and uh, he's usually pretty open and honest with a lot of different things. He did, again, he got us in the uh, the teleconference, you talking about them really focusing on Arkansas this week, not even their opponent. He did mention, because people were wondering, hey, why aren't you doing any recruiting this week? They're just not going to go offside and go to high school games on Friday. They're still going to recruit. They're still going to text. They're still going to call. They're just not necessarily going to go away like they usually do on Friday nights. Well, every day is a recruiting day. I mean, you work recruiting 365 days a year. You may not be there in person, but every day is a recruiting day. Yeah. So that is something, again, he's touched on this weekend. They talked about, again, keeping in the sub on Monday. And Chuck, I know we hadn't talked to you since then, but me and Tommy have been speaking to it this week, how they're just in-house yeah. is the the paraphrasing that he's used throughout the week. When stay it comes in to the, this, we're going to stay in the submarine yeah, stay in this the week. Sub, this football well, team. Well, you know, he talked about this right after the ball game against Mississippi State, and I think it's been the most important thing, frankly, over the last 10 days. I think it's been more important than the change at OC and anything else you want to talk about it, and that's keeping the team together. He's fighting to keep his team together, guys. Any coach would be. They've lost six in a row, and, you know, they're on the brink right now, and everybody knows it. I'm not saying anything everybody doesn't know, mm-hmm. and he's been very candid about that, that the number one thing's keeping the team, and so sometimes when you do that, you circle the wagons, and you take an us-against-the-world mentality, and I'm not saying it's going to work. I don't know, but I think that that's got a lot to do with what they've done this week. And I think that's I think that's fine. I, I think that's what you should do in a situation like this. Now, the thing they've got to do above all other things is win a game, because none of this stuff matters unless you do. And 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 they understand that as well. You know, you hear me talking a lot about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, and the real estate market always seems to be good in our part of the world. And if you've been thinking about a career with literally unlimited earning potential. You can really look no further than Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. At Weikert, they offer classes at our in-house real estate school. You hear me talking about their pros and how they get you from contract to close and how they understand the market better than anybody else. Well, this is why. The Clark Long School of Real Estate is going to provide you first with the knowledge to pass the real estate exam. And once that happens, you're going to join one of the five Weikert Griffin offices, and you're going to learn the ins and outs of what it takes to become a successful real estate agent. Now, if you're interested in that, you can log on to WeikerGriffin.com and click on the We're Hiring tab. And if you'd like more information on the Clark Long School of Real Estate, you can log on to ClarkLongSchoolOfRealEstate.com. Weikert Griffin, uh, Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company, Fayetteville, Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith, Branson, WeikerGriffin.com. Chuck, you mentioned the paranoia that's been circulating across college football coaches based on what may or may happen in Ann Arbor. And the more and more information that seems to come out, sources, it seems like it, it is the case. Have you guys seen the video yet of a potential Connor Stallions on the sidelines of Central Michigan? You guys seen that yet? I'm so well. I've not seen it. I've heard about it. I've, okay. I've uh, I read about it. Well, if you haven't seen it, I'll just kind of do a quick overlook. There's a guy on the Central Michigan sidelines earlier this year against Michigan State, maybe it was last year, that looks like Connor Stallions, who is a Michigan staffer. And there's been people that have mocked up, that have taken off his sunglasses and looked. There's a a video of him having Ray-Ban recording sunglasses, which is a, a component 
to turn sunglasses. It's just wild. I mean, this stuff seems like it would be in a movie. It's not. So, Florida's head coach, or Central Michigan's head coach, is former Florida coach Jim McElwain. He was asked about this earlier this week. In fact, he didn't even he didn't even wait to get asked. He said it from the jump about Stallions potentially being on the sideline. Yeah, before we go any farther, we've obviously are aware of a picture floating around with the sign stealer guy. You know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. We're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it in any way, shape, or form. You know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. There's no place in football for that. I think people are wanting to hope it's true. And if it is, is this the final straw potentially to oust Jim Harbaugh? Dan, and by the way, an undefeated <laughs> Michigan team. Well, they're, they're going to let him try to win the national championship first. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're going to see how far they can go this year. <laughs> this year. And, and then let him go. Uh, I, I suspect we're nearing the end of the Harbaugh era in Michigan, and, and my suspicion all along has been this would be the last season that he would coach collegiately, at least for a while. Um, he's between a rock and a hard place, though, because he's going to face a suspension in the NFL over this. Um, they're not going to let him just take an NFL job and step right into it. I guarantee you he's going to miss time. So he's, um, he's in a tough spot right now. I read early this morning he is like the odds-on favorite to take the Las Vegas Raiders job if Caleb Williams is their pick, if they get the number one pick or get, get, get to where they're going to get him in the draft. So there's already odds makers um, you know, placing odds on where he's going to coach next, and they have him with the Raiders. Well, you have NFL That's teams. the most dysfunctional franchise in all of sports. So, yeah. so it makes sense um, then. And, <laughs> and um, um, if I was Caleb Williams, that's the last place in the world I'd want to go. And if I was Jim Harbaugh, that's the last place in the world I'd want to coach. But it's Vegas, baby. I mean, that, I that might not appeal yeah, to Jim you're Harbaugh. you're coaching a football team. You're I'm saying that might not a football team. That might not appeal to Jim Harbaugh, but it'll an appeal to a 21, 22-year-old young man. That's that's the reality that they face. So it might be Caleb Williams might want to go there. I haven't I don't know if that's a part of the six teams that he said he'd play for or not. Uh, coaching-wise, you're right. I don't think it has any bearing or effect. The suspension aspect that you guys bring up though, is that going to happen this year? The Athletic just Polled a bunch of college football coaches, and like ninety-four percent of them thinks that he should be suspended. Could you guys see a scenario where Michigan potentially plays Ohio State without Jim Harbaugh in the Big House later this year? I would be very surprised if that happens. Um, look, this has a Houston Astros feel to it, and Michigan's really good this year, and they are going to be the villain. Every time they play. This is great theater. And I'm not saying that that's why you don't suspend a guy. But I do think that, again, it's, it's, it's going to play out. Michigan's going to be the team that the whole country roots against. And mm-hmm. I think that's a shame. Because, as I've said before, Michigan's one of the true blue bloods in college football. And I'm not naive, and I don't think they're the only school that's ever done this. But, you know... Clearly, they figured out ways to get in there, and they figured out ways to do it. But apparently, and we've discussed this, everyone in the Big Ten's known this was going on for a year or two. And they basically yeah. gathered their evidence. They gathered their evidence. And you know, now we look at, like this kid showing up on the sidelines now. 
Um, I read one comment where one anonymous coach said they ought to be punished just for being dumb, you know, because <laughs> um, it's not – I mean, every move they make right now is going to be scrutinized. Every play they call – Every time they stop somebody on third down, I mean, everything's going to be scrutinized from this point forward. But I do think Michigan's a really, really good team, and I think they're going to be one of the teams in the playoff, and college football is going to be rooting against them. But I also think Jim Harbaugh will be on the sidelines. This is this is Woodward and Bernstein. What did he know, and when did he know it? Well, there's going to be more that comes out. There, you you know, there. I mean. Just, I mean, who thought the other day we were going to be talking about that kid showing up on the Central Michigan sidelines? Yeah. You know, yeah. who knows what's going to happen over the next week well, or two. So earlier this season, Jim Harbaugh, people forget he was suspended. This was something completely separate, recruiting violations. He had their starting quarterback, Jake J. McCarthy, wearing a free Harbaugh shirt to the first game. So I would think that Michigan – that football team is just going to use this to rally around. Some teams like to be the villains. You think about the bad boy Pistons, they relish being that. We're talking about the Raiders, the bad boy Raiders back in there. I mean, some teams really enjoy not just being a good football team, but also being the villains of a said sport. And maybe that's what Michigan needs to get over the, get over the, the top this season. Maybe so. Well, I don't know. Uh, if that alone would win you a national championship, then yeah, I'm sure they would – you know, they would have the advantage. They're going to be villains on their own campus, at least among the administration. I mean, that's just the <laughs> truth. And, 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 look, I guarantee you, I guarantee you their uh, coaches and staff and Harbaugh and all of them in critical moments will um, use that. I mean, they're going to say, hey, even your own president's against you. Um, you know, we're taking on the world. But now whether or not that will make the difference – that doesn't last for four quarters. Then they'll yeah, pat their back and congratulate them if they win a national championship because that will boost yeah. attendance and I'd be surprised else. if they win the national championship. Like, this is going to weigh heavy and much, much – it'll weigh much more heavily as we move, you know, move along through this month. But it's an administrator's job to make sure they've got what they need to fire him with cause so they don't owe him to buy out. That, you, you don't well, I think they probably already have that. I think well, they probably already have that. Thanksgiving dinner will be memorable this year at the historic Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in Hot Springs. Thursday, November 23rd from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the Venetian Dining Room, you'll have a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required. Must have credit card to hold reservations. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's talk to Tom Murphy this morning of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Whole Hawk Sports. Tom, I just asked Chuck about the playoff. What do you think about the first initial college football playoff rankings? Um, no big shocker. Um, and l- like Chuck just said, if Georgia runs out uh, the table, they'll they'll go ahead of them. Well, we did have a shocker last night with the Rangers winning in five games in the World Series. I think they were like 75 to one odds beforehand. I know you had uh, your fa- your team, the Atlanta Braves, were pretty heavy favorites. What do you think about the Rangers for the first time ever in their franchise history, 50-plus years, getting it done last night, Tom? Yeah, su- super happy for that franchise. Um they, I, I felt so bad for them the year they had the, the Cardinals on the ropes and it seemed like there was a fly ball out to right field that Nelly Crew was, was out there and there was a bunch of other outfielders I think who would have made the catch in the game that, at that time but uh, they didn't and they lost the World Series and felt so bad for them so I'm happy for I know I know a bunch of folks around who are Rangers fans and um, certainly wanted them to win. I, I, I was very happy that the D-backs eliminated the Phillies, though. That's probably my favorite round of the playoffs so far. Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty-Daniel hotline. Sam Pittman visited with the media in the middle of the day and then uh, had his coaches show last night. Tom, I thought the most interesting and uh, insightful moment was your question about communication with line-blocking schemes and um, go through them all. I thought it was a great question. I thought his his answer non answer was uh, was very telling yesterday. Yeah, it must have been, and I think it's completely reflective of um, maybe how detailed and how hard maybe it was for you know KJ to have to make the read and call out the blocking scheme, and then for everyone to be on the same page because that's what we heard over and over after some of the losses about how, you know, we, we, we got to communicate better, be on the same page. And so maybe um, so what, what I, I just asked Sam Pittman was part of the reason for the change, uh, the, the ability to communicate blocking and protection schemes. And, wow, he, he you could tell he had thoughts on it, and he just didn't really want to say anything. And I think it's reflective of, A, there was a lot on K.J. Jefferson's plate on what he had to see and communicate in the, the language that they had, you know, one year's worth or one camp's worth of language. And so um, if, if you boil down all Arkansas's offensive problems to their root causes, uh, maybe, maybe the protection scheme just didn't suit, um, you know, the offensive lineman's skill sets. And so he didn't say much of anything, and I think – in, in doing so, it said a whole lot about the complexity um, of the Danino's, you know, attack. And hopefully, um, maybe they've cut down on their number of schemes or, you know, the verbiage you use 
to communicate them, and that will help K.J. and then, in turn, the offensive line. Number one issue with this team, and it has been since the Kent State game, they can't consistently run the football. Do you expect that to change, and, and what, what are the key things that must be different this week if Arkansas is able to run the football effectively against Florida? Yeah, I think of all the, the issues that have faced this team, uh, the fact that they went from being a, a powerful, you know, I mean, top ten in the country running team for two years in a row to being, like, one of the worst in all of the F- FBS has just been kind of shocking because you brought back two of your starting offensive linemen. But um, you heard um, him say on the radio show last night that the mesh between K.J. and the back was taking too long. And the old linemen can only hold their blocks for so long. And because that mesh was taking long, um, by the time the running back got the ball or K.J. made the decision to keep it, you already had guys shooting through gaps and, you know, um, defeating their block or whatever it might be and, and not a lot of room to run. So maybe, um, I, I don't know if you can wholesale change, make the mesh quicker, but if it's just a tick quicker, a fraction of a second, and guys can shoot through the gaps, the running backs can, uh, it does a lot for you. And <clears throat> I don't know if they could be suddenly a, a really good running team, but even just being able to, to get three, four, five yards a pop on the, on the ground would be uh, a nice change for this team. Tom Murphy with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, we've talked a good chunk about Rocket Sanders and his possibility of playing his own home state. But for Joshua Braun getting to go up against his former team, I know Sam Pittman said he hadn't necessarily talked to Josh about that aspect of this game, but what do you think this game means to him? Uh, I think it's a big deal. Um, I mean, to find out that he, um, for him to get his degree um, at Florida, he had to uh, be involved in this coursework that was between like 3 and 6 p.m., and it was right at practice. And so he made the very tough decision to um, go ahead and take that class. And so he couldn't be part of the football team at the end of, I guess, his last semester there. And and um, so, you know, he ended up having to transfer out. So he's still got buddies on the team. Um, it's meaningful to him. Um, so turns out that Sam Pittman basically had him committed to Georgia and that when Sam took this job um, – Braun then decommitted from Georgia and signed with Florida. So, um, you know, I think it's super meaningful for him that he's been a player in the swamp, and who knows what what that could translate into. You know, does he play better? Uh, You know, we'll we'll see what that means. But, you know, any little edge Arkansas can get, uh, being able to maintain the ball, Florida doesn't turn it over very much. So I think, you know, not having turnovers, possessing the ball a little bit longer are all keys. Um, this team has not been far off, and I know that, you know, the, the rest of the country looks at Arkansas and sees two, two and six and a six-game losing streak, and you kind of write that program off. But um, they've, they've been so close. I mean, it's hard to imagine a lot of other teams playing Bama within three in Tuscaloosa and playing Ole Miss within seven and, and so on down the line. LSU within three, um, and so who knows? Maybe this is the week they put it all together and uh, come up with a winning game plan. Tommy, kind of mentioned Josh being 
recruited by Sam earlier on and then him coming to the head coach at Arkansas. We've seen a couple times where the Razorbacks might have been in the running, top three for a kid. He initially goes somewhere else. Sam got asked about that at the beginning of the press conference yesterday, the idea of not damaging a relationship with the kid if he elects to go elsewhere out of college. How successful do you think Arkansas could be in the aspect of, hey, you might miss on a a top-profile kid initially, but if he hits the portal, then he's going to be Shoot, maybe choosing to come to Fayetteville because of that relationship that they have with Pittman. Right, and you know, that's happened before and I can't sit here and rattle off the names because there's been so much change you know, in recent years, but Vaughn is a good example of it, that, oh yeah man, I like that guy, you know, I ended up signing with so-and-so, but you know, Sam Pittman was fun to be around, um, I love his, his sense of humor, um, his, his genuine approach and to hear Sam's talk yesterday about Rob Sale, who is the offensive coordinator and like co-O-line coach at Florida, and he, he Sam Pittman replaced Rob Sale at Georgia as O-line coach, and then he goes on and he's at Louisiana Lafayette, and this young guy named DJ Looney is coaching out there, and Sam's close to him, and DJ Looney has a you know, sudden heart attack out on the field in August of 20, the COVID year. And his relationship with Rob Sale gets closer because he's calling Louisiana Lafayette that summer to check on, you know, DJ Looney, who's, you know, his good friend. And, and, and in turn, his re- relationship with Rob Sale gets closer because they're on the st- same staff out in Lafayette together. So that's, I, I, I do believe that you hear coaches joining his staff at like Travis Williams and Marcus Woodson and talk about what, Sam's name means in the industry. And these are good examples of, you know, how genuinely he, he bonds with people and uh, the, what that means in recruiting. And so it all kind of ties in together, right? Your ties in the recruiting industry or in the coaching industry and then what you do in recruiting. Yeah. Tom, let's get you out of here on this one. Uh, Dwight McLaughlin has been out of the lineup. Coach said he's back and healthy, uh, but has not earned his way back into snaps. What will be his role this Saturday at Florida, and how impactful do you think he'll be on this game? Yeah, it's guesswork at this point. I asked Sam specifically about that, I think, on the SEC coach's call yesterday because he's been a good player. He grades well when he's out there. Um, Clearly something has happened behind the scenes that, you know, has slowed down his, his progress, so to speak. Uh, but if he can do that, then you got extra depth at corner. You can move Snacks Johnson around, and, and you can spell your safeties a little bit more, and it, it helps all around. So hopefully he's back in good graces, fully healthy, um, and uh, can give you a, a good performance. And if, if so, I think it trickles down to the rest of the secondary. Tom, that's some great insight. Uh, safe travels to Gainesville, Florida, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. I appreciate that. Y'all, everybody have a great weekend. Chuck, uh, Tom there with some thoughts on uh, on Nudie and what's going to happen to that secondary. This defense has played well. He And Tom's right, he has been one of your better players. Does seem like something has happened away from the field that uh, has limited his snaps. Well, the one thing I think you've got to think about is that, you know, the defense has been able to – absorb losses and continue to play well and you know when you look on that side of the ball as coach Pittman said last night I mean there's there's been some concussion issues on on that side of the ball and that's always tricky here's the thing about that and and this is the one thing that just happens on teams that have depth is that 
when you're in protocol, I mean, you're not out there, you know, and the reality is in football, it is a game of attrition. And when you're not out there, somebody else is. And if they play well, um, it may be a little bit harder for you to get back into that rotation. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I hope he can come back and help him because when he is right um, and when he's playing well, he's a player that can change a game with a turnover. And, you know, Florida, as Tom said, and as you guys have talked about, they don't turn it over very much. Um, you know, and, and, and somebody at some point may, you know, break through on that. And McLaughlin's one of those guys that's over the years just kind of had a nose for the ball. So it'd be nice to have him out there. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I know I've gotten a lot of texts. Guarantee you Chuck and Tommy have got the same text as well as Rocket Sanders playing this weekend. Sounded like coach yesterday. There's pretty good possibility of that happening. Now, when it comes to how much he could potentially play, here's what he said about playing time. I think usually in, you know, younger kids, you probably protect them a little bit more. Rocket knows his own body, and I think we'll just listen to him. Uh, if it gets to that point, we'll just let him be the guy that, you know, decides whether he needs a, br- a break or not. And we saw him at points this season, like at Texas A&M, he, he look, it hadn't just gotten a lot of under – Imagine before the season if you had made a bet on the bet Sarah snap that he'd have under 100 yards through eight games. The odds would be insane, but you would just be reaping the money. I I just don't know if he plays how impactful he could be on Saturday. That's the question I keep coming back to. Well, and we don't know. We won't know until he's out there, if he's out there. Um, I suspect he's going to try to give it a go. Now, look, if he can play and he's a hot hand, uh, you keep feeding him now. I mm-hmm. mean, he's no different than anybody else. If he can come back and he's ready to go and things are clicking, then, um, you know, he might carry it 18 or 20 times. But, you know, you're right. When you talk about somebody who's been out and coming back, uh, you don't always see that. In fact, most of the time you don't. Chuck, you said this earlier, and it's right, that you know this guy wants to play for money on Sundays, and he's got to prove to the NFL teams and to those general managers and coaches that he can play through injury, he can play hurt. And, um, you know, these next four games are important for him to build a resume to be to have his name called in the NFL draft. Well, and, you know, we um, sometimes forget how difficult it is to be a professional football player just because you're a good college player, just because you're a great college player doesn't mean you're going to be a pro football player. It's a whole different world. And, 
you know, unfortunately for Rocket, um, he plays a position where right now the NFL, in terms of money, just does not place a whole lot of value, at least comparably speaking. I'm not saying you're not going to make plenty of money, but comparably speaking, uh, that's that's not the high-paid position that it once was. And so I understand on one hand wanting to protect your value, but I also think you've got to have a, a real honest thought for yourself about what your value really is. You know, and sometimes people tell you what you want to hear. And I'm, I'm not talking about Rocket necessarily. I'm, I'm talking about all of them. Uh, you look all around the country. Um, some of these guys have a little bit, you know, a little too much sense of their own value, I think. and so That's what Tommy but, says about me, Chuck. Well, it's what a lot of people say about you, Ty, but uh, don't kid yourself. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, um, here's the thing, and, 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 and I'm not just talking about Rocket. I'm, I'm speaking very generally here. I hope there's an understanding that you have to play. You know, the idea, sometimes we watch these pros, sometimes you get the idea that, hey, I can get paid and still take a game or two off. You know, it doesn't work that way in college, and it's not going to work that way in college. I know the NILs change things, but, but you got to be playing. The idea that you enhance your value by not playing, um, I think that'll be proven to be false. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, like the, they want to know they can count on you, know they can depend on you. And uh, I think that, you know, and he's got to have some numbers. He, I, they're not going to draft you in a spot that's already uh, got a short shelf life if, um, if, they, if they don't believe you're durable enough. That's you have to be fact. available. Yep. You have to be available. Sometimes you'll look at a player and say, man, he's everything except available. If you're not, wanna, uh, if you're not available, you you just don't have value. Your best ability is availability, Ty. Yep, that's the phrase I've heard time and time again. I want to mention uh, about two former Hogs for a sec. Uh, Chuck, you were talking about this on the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. Roland Sales named to the 2023 Orange Bowl Hall of Fame. He was an inductee on Wednesday. We all know what he did against Oklahoma in 78. I didn't know until you'd said something. He was the leading pass catcher in that game as well, not just the rusher with over 200 yards. Four catches, the leading receiver. That's the kind of that's the way football was then. Yeah. Four catches, 52 yards, leading receiver and leading rusher. Finished that season third in the country, and uh, again, not a lot of people expected yeah. you to win that one. Those are the kind of numbers that'll get you into the Hall of Fame. Yep. You know, hey. exactly right. That's a pretty then, good deal for him, I'm sure. Hey, he's very deserving. Anybody old enough to remember? One of the most thrilling nights to be a Razorback fan of all time. 31 to 6. Yeah, that was. Uh, and That's 40, what, 45 years ago, I guess. Yeah, Hard was to it, believe. Was it three I players? I remember it like it was yesterday. Three players that were suspended for that game? Arkansas? Three players were suspended, and Leotis Harris was out with an injury. And you still just cranked them? 18 no. point underdogs. They broke the bank that night. That's one, of, one of the great historic wins in Razorback history. So that was a big-time upset. I, I, you, I guess you could call the 98 season, really, for the most part, uh, a story of upsets. And, Tommy, you had mentioned this yesterday when we were on the show that they're actually doing true characters coming out Tuesday, November 14th at 8 p.m. It's on that 98 season. And there's actually a viewing in Harrison at the Performing Arts Center at 7 o'clock the Monday before yep. that Tuesday. We're a part of it. We're, tickets are free. You go to lyric.org to get 
tickets, and there's going to be actually former Razorbacks there that are doing Q&A after the film. Yeah, and I was talking with some folks yesterday, and Marty's trying to – apparently Houston Nuts speaking at the Birmingham Touchdown Club that day, and they're trying to make arrangements to get him there that night, but he's speaking that day, so they're working through that. So they're hoping Coach Nutt will be there as well, and I think it – you know, it just wouldn't be the same without without Houston there. Well, most of this, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is a lot of this focuses on Brandon Burlesworth and Clint Sterner. Absolutely, and uh, that's 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 the reason that um, obviously the event you're talking about in Harrison is uh, happening in conjunction with the Burlesworth Foundation. So, um, I think that is going to be a big part of this program. Yeah. Yep. True character, and uh, that'll be a. Uh, it, I think it'll be something just like greater. We watched it'll be something that uh, every Razorback fan records on their DVR and it hangs on to for a while. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. We'll spend some more time on Arkansas football coming up, but we haven't in the last hour or so touched on the passing of Bob Knight. Dead at 83 years old, the three-time national champion with the five Final Fours in Indiana, Army, Indiana, Texas Tech. Tommy, you mentioned, obviously, his ties were Coach K, where he left and then became the, the coach at Duke. Won an 84 gold medal. I mean, 6'5", just a one of the old, one of the coaches in the old guard per se, uh, Chuck. Tommy and I have kind of given our take on Bob so far this morning. What What is your thoughts on the passing on a college basketball legend? Well, a college basketball icon. You know, you um, he's one of those names that transcends the game itself. I mean, you don't have to be a basketball fan to have heard of Bobby Knight. Uh, he's he's that kind of. He was that kind of person. It's a complicated legacy. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes it is with uh, figures like that. And it is certainly with, with Bobby Knight. And, um, but in terms of what he did as a basketball coach and his ability to win games, it's, it's undeniable. Um, in a state that views basketball in a way that um, Alabama views football, uh, it's a... Um, you know, it's 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 a remarkable record. Yeah, next to the undefeated team and his national championships, maybe one of his greatest legacies is is Coach K and Mike Shishetsky. There's you know, all the great stories get marched back out, but I thought one of the great ones was Coach K's early days at Duke, and of course he's a protege of Coach Knight, who taught him to run man-to-man defense and tough, hard-nosed defense. Games on ESPN in their early days, and. He's running man-to-man defense, and at the end, for some reason, Coach K decides to switch to zone defense, and they ultimately lose the game. And he's he's upset about it. He goes home, and phone rings, and his wife answers the phone and says, Mike, 
Coach Knight's on the phone, wants to talk to you. And he says, man, this is thinking to himself, hey, this is great. My mentor's calling to console me after a tough loss. And he picks up the phone. And he says, hey, Coach, how are you? And he says, nice bleeping zone and hangs the phone up. <laughs> so uh, so uh, some of the great stories about Bobby Knight that are getting marched out again after uh, Coach K went to the zone uh, and Coach Knight didn't much care for it. Well, there's a few clips I thought about pulling, but – Christian would have to bleep out too many no. of the uh, the words. I will. I did pull something, uh, an Arkansas connection. Keith Smart, uh, really that associate head coach and assistant oh, yeah. at Arkansas. Um, if you remember, the uh, championship, 81, Indiana over Syracuse. Smart takes the shot, oh, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. So that was a Keith Smart, Steve Alford squad uh, that beat a young Jim Beheim. It was a, a great game back and forth, but that's the Arkansas connection that we have here in Fayetteville is the uh, assistant coach at the Razorbacks. Yeah, it's interesting. The players that played for him, I mean, they swear by him. They, I mean, they really do. They, they, they swear by him. My only interaction with him was when he worked for ESPN and you'd see him at basketball games and he'd come to the shoot around and I mean you want to talk about a guy that would hold court now it was uh it was certainly coach Knight but from a basketball perspective you know the motion offense uh the things that he brought to the game um his his influence on basketball is enormous and undeniable and again it, it's very complicated um, not just basketball, but but certainly off the floor as well. But he um, uh, his his impact on the game will last for a long, long time. Didn't now maybe I'm misremembering. I know his his son coached after him at Tech. Did did he bring a? Did, didn't they play at Little Rock? Or am I am I not remembering that right? That he brought a team in here out ten or he twelve years ago. He did play the Razorbacks. To be honest with you, I don't recall if it was in Fayetteville or Little Rock. I don't recall. But uh, yeah, he. Um, um, I mean, he was, again, he just, he's one of those guys that he, I, and again, I can just recall this from being around him a little bit, you know, when he was doing the ESPN stuff. I mean, he was, he was the giant in the room. I mean, um, when he walked in, um, all eyes were on him. He was not always the most pleasant character, but um, I'm from the South, so I don't speak ill of the dead, but he was a... Um, he, he, again, from a basketball perspective, um, his 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 impact is generational. I remember, you know, just looking, you know, when you were in a press conference and he was in the room, the the stare he could give those eyes, dark beady eyes. I mean, it, you talk about staring a hole through someone. He had the ability, uh, not just for a referee or a player, but I mean, if he didn't like the question from a from a journalist, I mean, he had a way of giving you a glare and a look that. Uh, <laughs> was colder than a mother-in-law's heart. I mean, Well, and part of that was strategy. He knew when he did that once, it'd be hard for that guy to ask the question, you know, ask, ask the next question that he might not want to answer. And uh, the thing about Bobby Knight is even to this day, um, he's always had the state of Indiana on his side. The people have always been with Bob Knight in, in, in that state. And uh, Miles Brand will live in infamy in the state of Indiana for being the one that fired Bob Knight or forced him out. And so um, he is and always will be 
um, an iconic figure. And, again, his, his basketball accomplishments are undeniable. 902 and 371. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I mean, you won't find many better. Well, if you had to clip together in a 60-second video the the images of college basketball over the last 50 or 75 years, you couldn't do it without him throwing the chair across the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. Um, we played Indiana a couple of times in basketball over the last decade, and, you know, these this graduate hotel chain, they always uh-huh. have the decor is always, you know, having something to do with that university. All of the artwork within that hotel is made from plastic chairs that were like the ones that were on the bench that he threw. I mean, all the artwork, they have them hanging from the ceiling. Um, You see at the minute, all all the decor, the theme throughout the entire hotel surrounds him throwing that chair. And so, I mean, that moment will live forever. Yeah. As, as problematic as that moment was for him in the immediacy, that's what made his legend grow. It was moments like that that made him the legend he became. Yeah, He, uh, well, he was already a legend then, and he crossed, yeah, uh, he, he crossed the Rubicon then, that's well, for sure. <laughs> he crossed several lines, including yeah. both lane lines with that chair. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's, of course, crazy. My, my brother was a practice player for the women's basketball team, and evidently... Coach Dykes had known him through a connection or whatever, and he came and spoke to the women's basketball team. And my brother said it was uh, – he has never heard a pregame speech like he heard from Coach Knight the day before they played. He just – he said it was the most indescribable thing he's ever experienced in his life. And I can only imagine I – mean, that was him as a broadcaster. I can only imagine what that would have been like to be an Indiana player. Back as in, in the, the knowledge he conveyed or the language he used? The language and just the in, intensity level. His presence. For, yeah, he had and, presence. Yeah, he's, he I mean, he got a six, big man, number one. He's 6'5". Yeah, yeah I mean, he was a big man. and I, I mean, he had enormous presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a couple texts. Max said he uh, – Got a chance to, to meet him a couple years ago and was a funny guy and down to earth to this point. We've seen some, I mean, you you got a chance through broadcasting. I, I was telling Tommy earlier, Chuck, when I was a sophomore in college, I went up to him. And I was like, coach, and he at the time stood up. And I looked up at him. I was like, holy cow. And I was like, uh, coach, where I do a student radio show, would you, would you be willing to come on for a radio interview? And he looked at me and goes, son, I don't do radio interviews. And the conversation just ended right then and there. I didn't elaborate. I I puckered up and I walked off. I was like, "This is going nowhere." Tucked your tail and yeah. ran. Huh? I tucked my. I knew when I was defeated, and uh, <laughs> at that point, in that juncture, I was uh, going nowhere. At that point. Yeah. Well, he was waiting on you to give him a reason to do it. I didn't have any. I was. Yeah, uh, you stuck your chest out, and uh, said, "Coach, I know that you don't do this on a daily basis, but." I think you'd enjoy doing it with me. Well, I uh, I did not have that the foresight or the well, uh, few people would. So don't yeah. beat yourself up over. What, that. what would have been your first question? Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, there we Coach, go. What, See, that's why he doesn't ready. do the interviews. I said, uh, <laughs> Coach, and I appreciate you joining us here on intermission on KXUA. Um, <laughs> when you threw that chair, were you trying to hit the ref, or were you uh, just trying to to make a statement? And then he would have either laughed or gone scorched earth on me, and that would have kind of dictated the, how, how the interview went. <laughs> that was his most outrageous public outburst. I would imagine there were probably some private outbursts Ooh. that oh, even yeah. surpassed Ooh. that. Yeah. 
I can only imagine. But undefeated season, no one's uh, oh, been able to right. match that since. And uh, I mean, that's probably his greatest legacy when you look back at at him is that is that undefeated season. Yeah, Isaiah, you were speaking of players. I mean, like just even to this day um, on his bat. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is the most notable of the bunch. Of course, part of the Bad Boy Pistons and. Uh, I, I've, I've heard him talk about Coach Knight before, and it's nothing but good. And it, and I think it's when we've heard whether it's Tyler Wilson or some other guys talk about Petrino, you don't you don't necessarily love that at the time, just getting berated to certain points. But after the fact, there's you you see reasons and rationality why coaches do it, and that's why these like hard nosed coaches, whether it's Knight, Petrino, and others, like. During the midst of it, you're not exactly the biggest fan, but after you, you speak glowing things about him. Well, let me say this, and I say this respectfully to Bobby Petrino. He, he's he's not in Bobby Knight's class. That's 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 um, they're not comparable in terms of their uh, uh, long longevity. And look, Petrino's a great coach. Don't get me wrong, but but Knight's in a class by himself, or at least a class with very very few people. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I think back to the teams that he had that were so great. You know, back in the day, the, the the team that went undefeated with, you know, Quinn Buckner and Scott May and Mike Woodson was on that team, and who's now the coach uh, for Indiana. And um, hey, that was a great, great, great basketball team. And those guys still, if you follow college basketball, whether you were an Indiana fan or not, um, if 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 you're old enough to remember, those guys were household names. Those were the college basketball players back then. And, and, I don't know that we'll see anybody do that. Yeah, Assembly Hall, uh, I know, is one of the more revered places in all of college basketball. Chuck, you've gotten a chance to go there. I would like to cross it off my pretty bucket cool. list at it some was, point. It was pretty cool. A couple of times uh, we've played up there. They weren't great those years. But, um, uh, yeah, that's a that's a storied venue, that's for sure. That is a basketball state among basketball states. Yeah. It seems like the players and the, 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 the people that are on the teams that have these hard-nosed coaches like Knight, and you mentioned Petrino, it creates a bond between those players that's, that, that really goes to the next level is unbreakable. It's almost like they survived something greater than a season. And, and I don't want to equate it to war because it's not that, but it's, it's almost that kind of brotherhood when you come through the experience of playing for a coach like that. And I think that's, that's – Part of the the strategy, part of the the mix is the mental toughness you gain, and um, you know, I, I, you know when you talk to a, to a Tyler Wilson or you talk, I bet if you ask Keith Smart this question, he'd tell you he's very close to his teammates as a result of what they all went through together. Well, that was part of the old school psychology among a lot of coaches was I'm 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 not afraid to make my team hate me, um, you know, and and that brings them together when they all hate me. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, depending upon how you view it. Um, that way does not work anymore. Um, I'll submit to you that, and the results bear this out, with the exception of Saban. You know, even look, let's be honest, when Bobby Petrino went back to Louisville after Lamar, you know, with the exception of Lamar Jackson, I mean, it was a disaster. And... Those are the the old days. Some might say the good old days, or some might say the bad old days, depending upon your viewpoint. But Saban's the only guy that does that now um, and still maintains his championship status. Izzo's this way to a certain extent in college basketball. But um, those guys are few and far between. But, yes, to, to answer your question, I do believe 
that that is one of those things that bonds teams together. And um, that Indiana team, I'm sure, benefited from that. I, I don't have any doubt there were days that they finished practice and every single one of them hated their head coach. Yeah. Hey, let's seg to money for just a second. Let's talk about the Market Moment podcast. If you've not listened to it yet, it's, it's, it's really interesting the way they bring a lot of the national issues home. But, you know, they'll also talk to you about things that are important in your life, how to manage your 401K, um, things like IRAs, you know, the best way to manage those. Um, they will talk about broader issues. They'll talk about inflation, what the Fed's doing, and um, how that may affect your life. If you've not listened to the Market Moment podcast, it's, it's, brought, it's brought to you by Mach 1 Financial. I think you'll find it very interesting. You need to log on. This is the, uh, uh, this is the address, market-moment.com. That's market-moment.com. And, and I think what you'll, you'll find, if, if you're one of those who does pay attention to your money, you'll find these guys know exactly what they're talking about. And I'll tell you, the Mach 1 Financial Group LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. They're located in Rogers. For full disclosures, you can visit Mach1Financial.com slash disclosures. So I know that Florida is talking about bowl eligibility this weekend, potentially. If they beat Arkansas, they'll qualify. Arkansas, of course, has to win the next four games, likely to make a bowl. Sam Pittman says that's not on the docket when it comes to talking to his team. We haven't talked a whole lot this week about that. We've, we've talked a lot about passion and getting our pride back and getting our respect back. We've talked. We've never won in Florida, uh, in Gainesville. We've got plenty in him, but one of them is we, we need to play better and we need to get respect uh, from the people of our state and, and our own the university. We've got to get our respect back. And we've been playing hard, and so I'm not saying that we've lost respect from everybody. We've been playing hard. We've lost some close games, but we need to win one. I think we'll all feel a lot better. The reason I play that clip, do players care about the program never winning in a certain place. I mean, he said that we've never won in Florida. No one's been on this team since they played the game. I said that. There might have been a team in 2020 or a player. Do people care, including KJ, do people care about that if they're on the team? I think they'd like to be the first team to win there. Yeah. I think they'd like to be able to say that. Does it stick in their craw that Arkansas has never won in Florida? Well, probably not. But if they win, I guarantee you they're going to stick their chest out and say we were the first ones to do it. Yeah. And you know, Arkansas as a program has only beaten Florida twice. Once with Bielema at home in Fayetteville, and the other, what was it, the Blue Bonnet Bowl down yeah. in Houston back in '81 yeah. or what, 82. whatever year? '82. I mean, it, so I mean, Ty it goes beyond to me. Just you hadn't won in Gainesville, and then th- th- what is the series record? Two and ten or something. I mean, they hadn't played a great a number of times. Yeah, but but you're right. It's a small number to another smaller number, but it's five times more. So I mean, yeah, that it, it, you know, it, it's not like it's just the Gainesville issue that they haven't won anywhere uh, to speak of that they played the Gators. So you know, been a problem. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.